happy to have you on the show, Psych. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself as an artist and how you um, got into the space, into NFTs? Yeah, sure. Well, well I'm Psych, a co-founder of Deadfellas with Betty. Um, I got into the space through crypto and uh, my background as a digital artist. Um, ever since, I guess, university, I was always dedicated to digital art. I never really found much interest in the more traditional art side. So um, I always gravitated to, uh, I guess, gaming and online activities and things like that. So um, I had a lot of digital art connections and, and friends, and part of that was Depthcore, um, which Justin Bella ran with some friends and um, for a number of years, we created a lot of digital art together as a group. And then as NFT started uh, kicking off a little bit, probably late, like 2020, I guess, um, some rumbling started going around of uh, like a, a lot of friends that were digital creators for a long time that were friends of mine mm -hmm. um, starting to hop in. So that kind of just got me interested in the space and um, like a lot of inactive connections start to uh, fire off again. It was quite exciting to see everyone excited about something and that's basically my entry point and from there just dove in basically yeah that's that's pretty cool i mean datafellas is a pretty big project pretty well known in the space and um the art is pretty pretty nice i love it um how has it started with datafellas like what do you think has helped you to um, get so visible and get so um, recognized from the people in the space? Uh, well, initially when we first launched, like we always had a very large, uh, I guess, emphasis on the on the art side and doing things for the, the sake of creativity. So um, we had quite a stealth, a stealthy launch right up until we actually launched. It was quite stealthy. Like uh, we just mm -hmm. had a Discord and um, we were doing some trades. Um, just pushing those out, like art teasers, had a lot of back and forth with the community and just games and people just hanging out and kind of getting around the, the zombie theme and horror theme and um, mm -hmm. a lot of the things that were our inspirations um, formed our initial, <clears throat> I guess, community around cool. music that we liked and films that we liked and just creative content that we liked. Um, and then from there it just kind of blew up when we uh, when we launched. And I think that um, one of the main things is that has kept us, I guess, in popularity within the space is just been trying to keep that authenticity. Like mm -hmm. we always try and respect that initial mission to um, just be true to ourselves and, you know, keep creativity as a core value of the, of the brand. Um, no matter what we're building, we're always trying to build something that's, you know, essentially cool and vibes with that initial direction. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's been a, a mainstay point for us. Okay. Yeah, sounds like you've been doing kind of like a little bit of testing and asking the community of what they like and what they don't. And then you've been kind of gravitating to the um, yeah, direction or to the um, middle ground, let's say, between what you... Um, like and also what the community likes. So is it is it like that or have you how was it in the early days? In the early days, I think that it was very much just um, artist led. So it was only yeah. me that was working on anything. So I don't think we really had any real um, pushback. It was okay. more so that we would just move in the direction of where we had the most positive reactions. Mm. Um, we did find that we had a real natural flow with a lot of people that were in the community because they had gravitated to us mm -hmm. naturally. We weren't really advertising. We weren't doing anything like that. It was just people that were kind of jumping in. This is before the, the days of grinding away, trying to get into allow lists and things like that. Sure. Like a lot of people would just share, you know, things that they loved about horror or they loved about, you know, just the, the themes that we were building dead fellas around, people mm -hmm. just kind of got in there to, to chat. Like it was a very collaborative 
yeah. period for NFT art. Um, a lot of people were exploring their own artworks. People were exploring their own, I guess, dev, you know, paths and, and things as well. So it was a, a cool collaborative time. That's, that's interesting. And you said you didn't really do much advertising and, and allow list grinding. So people didn't need to jump into the Discord and do some stuff to get on the list, let's say. But you were the first ones who um, used this mechanic of, of um, an allow list, I guess. Yeah, I think that we were one of the first, um, definitely. Uh, we did a, a pre-sale and mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was um, put out there until I think the, the day before a few people mentioned it because they had some concerns around um, being priced out because at the time gas wars were a huge problem with True. essentially like whoever had the Ethereum to, to punch through and pay the most gases who got the who got the tokens. So um, we essentially opened up a, a small, I think it was about a 10% allocation to people to mm -hmm. uh, to pre-sale the, the tokens. And then we paid the gas and we sent the tokens out after the public mint, um, which worked out quite well because we had uh, a lot of the community that was in there from the very beginning wouldn't have been able to participate if it hadn't been for that. So. Yeah. And what do you think are the drivers for um, success in, in at Deadfellas and the project in general? I think that the brand in general, we've got a very strong brand personality, which mm -hmm. within this space is definitely a powerful thing to have because there's just so much noise. True. I think that people can feel what we're about from the beginning. Um, and we still have the same messaging. We still... Um, you know, voice our concerns very publicly and we True. talk in the same way that we did when we launched. So um, Betty as a personality is very strong for our brand. She's, you know, very strong, very consistent and True. uses her PFP across everything that she does, which, you know, I think is a very strong um, flagship use case for True. PFP use and digital identity um, within NFTs. Um Yeah, I think there's there's many factors as to like why where we're where we're at where we are now. Um, mm. You know, one of another one of them being that we've always had our heads down trying to do what's right for um, the space in general, and then also for our project. So, um, you know, we've all been always been trying to think ahead to to see where we should be yeah. um, in order to you know help shape the space and also help shape shape the Deadfellas brand. Um, Definitely. for longevity yeah yeah i mean people and and collectors in the community they can really feel that you're trying to give everything you know and it's it's publicly shared um w when you are part of the community you can really see that what's happening um and and i also like the recent move that you are um, moving to la as um, the founders of deadfellas and and kind kind of like showing the commitment to um, yeah, go into the sim time zone, into the time zone of where the most activity basically is happening, right? And um, yes, yeah. it's time zones. And it's also, um, I guess, live events are a large part of the Deadfellas band. And yeah. um, Betty does attend or I also attend a lot of events. So um, it's just being closer to home. Sure. Um, we do have yet three young children, so it's just being able to attend as many events as as we need to to make sure that we're being seen in all the right places um, sure. and just being more efficient in being able to make that happen. Yeah. Um, while at the same time, we do have our sites set on quite a lot of media um, That's true. and are making some, some great moves through UTA in that regard. So yeah. um, then being LA-based and a lot of the circles that we want to run in or are actively moving into do operate through LA. Um, mm -hmm. So that's also a strategic move on our part. Yeah, LA is a pretty nice uh, place for um, yeah the movie scene and also, um, I guess, big, big um, kind of fashion brands, I, I would say, but I'm not so sure. Yeah, definitely for movies, film, like streaming, music, like there's a lot of... I guess you would say just creators, creators and, um, you know, media content yeah, yeah. Um, coming through LA, like essentially everything 
anything that you want to get your hands on there's they've got it in LA yeah that's pretty cool how do you think in this current market situation someone just starting out should should go um, about um, I think it's a bit of a balance right it just yeah. depends who you are as an artist but I think that like there's some core things that you can do for yourself as a as a digital artist in general I think mm -hmm. that um, pinning yourself to to being an NFT artist is um, not a negative thing but I think it's something where you can quite easily pigeonhole yourself into um, mm. Like being one particular thing um i think just, just sharing early sharing often um inviting people into your space so that they can see your creative processes and see like your like your day-to-day -day of like how you like to create where they can see your inspirations and see um you know how you work so they can kind of like just in kind of fall in love with the way mm. that you create as much as they can with the the art itself yeah. Um, is very powerful for creators. I think that 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 closeness of creator and, mm. and co collector within NFTs is like a is a unique thing of having that feedback loop and those direct connections um, are very powerful, mm. um, especially in the early stages. Like you can like easily um, you know form some very lasting bonds when. Um, when you're early in the scene doing your, your initial works and you can build those relationships out with people that like you from the, from the very start. Yeah. Um, apart from that, just staying, staying authentic, um, and trying not to like pin any, um, I guess expectations about like when you should be at any one point or, um, like what success looks like and, mm. and things like that. Like just, keep evolving as an artist and mm -hmm. while it's sad to say that like a lot of artists do actually go through their lives creating brilliant work and they're never um commercially successful yeah. like the chances are that if you are pushing out brilliant work and being noticed then you probably should hopefully become mm. financially successful definitely i mean you kind of like I think if there are too many people in the same kind of spot doing the same stuff might be difficult to get noticed, right? I mean, I think like being creative and trying to come up with new ways of maybe interacting with the with your community and, and maybe having some, I don't know, regular calls where you live draw or do something that the other p artists don't do might be a good way of starting out or to get a little bit more of a t an attention kind of spot. I don't know. Yeah, I think that if you're looking at it through the lens of, I guess, like viral views or yeah. just like pure, like raw um, attention, yeah. then yeah doing something that other artists don't do like you've seen how someone might do um i guess speed drawing or they'll mm. paint what they usually paint in a different way and put on tiktok and things like that like yes True. they can definitely drive traffic through if you are feeling like you're producing something that's similar to others in a saturated market but mm. i do think that gravitating to others where they create in the same way there's a power to that because you can help refine each other's work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so collaborating like with a, other artists you mean right or kind of like... yeah i would say like i'm i'm of the mind of where you should always just gravitate to people that are doing things that are similar to you and that inspire as long as they're inspiring you mm -hmm. like it's you should never be like kind of cutting off or burning any bridges because you fear that they're work is like so similar or that okay. their work is so strong that it makes yours look bad like yeah. those collaborative relationships are some of the most power like i was early in digital art at like what 15 or 16 mm -hmm. and chatting with you know like 28 year olds or 30 year olds mm -hmm. that were like creative directors and and whatnot in in new york and nice. while it's daunting and you you feel like your work looks like complete shit compared to theirs <laughs> like unless you try and collaborate and try and like soak in that that knowledge and like run in those circles and see if you can 
you know, try at least try and keep up. Yeah. Like it's the way that you push yourself and you continue to be inspired. If you're continually scared of being overshadowed, mm-hmm. then you just, you know, you you kind of doomed to fail. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty cool to connect with like-minded or like artists out of the space and basically connect, you know, as a human being and see what they are doing and and if if you can do something together maybe even or learn from them just have a chat and i think that's also the power of web3 right so we can make it use exactly yeah and i think that's like the the real power of collaboration and those friendships is that you don't really know what form those might take in the future like you yeah. could end up working for the same company maybe they end up being a director and they take you on as being someone that just looks after composition or like there's just so many like there's such a broad spectrum of creative output yeah. and creative pr- professions that you know through the the digital i guess evolution you even look at nfts like the mm. way that uh professions can like splinter into all these new roles like you don't really know where any of those relationships or where any of like the work that you're pushing out like where those opportunities are going to lie like it's not we're not just always talking about like getting your art into a gallery like Mm. there's just such a multitude of options of where your work just being out in the world could get you definitely like i became an art director for for a corporate agency because i was noticed by a friend um that some of my work was being shown um in california in Mm. like a super obscure place but it ended up with a corporate opportunity so you never really know what uh like what's going to result in what so i would just say like just get out there and collaborate and don't really like focus too much on on what it's going to end up at yeah definitely i mean also with many people on your team i guess they also um, ended up getting onto the team because they um, interacted with the brand interacted with you and the community and and um, they naturally became part of the team through putting themselves out right yeah that's true yeah a lot of our team came through just authentic connections of people that were really vibing with the energy of dead fellas through like myself as an artist with betty as a you know a vocal founder um and you know it just it felt natural like we hired from a lot of our uh, community and it's worked Mm -hmm. out really well um like we've just had people joining the team that we already aligned with on multiple multiple points so it was always an easy onboarding um and i guess like you you're bringing people in that already know the brand vision so there's not really too much that you need to to do like it's more so just on the corporate side of just aligning um you know the strategy side that's basically kind of like the the brand the the um, values you're putting out there and people naturally navigating to the projects they love naturally navigating to dead fellas and um yeah, i think it's a pretty pretty big win-win for both parties because they know what they are getting into and you already maybe have seen on what they are capable of doing right so it's pretty um, yeah exactly and i guess that goes back to to the like putting yourself out there and the collaborative approach like the a lot of the hires that we did was because people were maybe not even directly through dead fellas but just you know they were in the the discord and they were making it known that they were working on certain things and um, maybe they um sorry participated in one of our mm-hmm. competitions or or anything like that and it there's multiple people within Deadfellas that were noticed just through kind of like what seemed like obscure means mm. or like an obscure kind of like touch point for us to to notice them as a community member, but like it happens. And from there, we just kind of built relationships with mm. those community members and they joined as full-blown members. So yeah, that's pretty it cool. doesn't take much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely understand. And um, 
Yeah, but also in the same time, it's it's pretty difficult to keep a project alive. We have seen successful projects, let's say, selling out and going through this initial hype phase. But how to be successful as an NFT project over time? What do you think? I think it's just all about driving substance, really. Mm. Um, also brand vision. Um, Betty and I, from the beginning, we've always had like a plan for where we see dead fellas uh, going. Mm -hmm. I think that while I think that there's like a, a misconstrued vision of when you see a project come out onto um, like a marketplace and they have a huge pump in a run and yeah. the financial side like just really spikes. Mm -hmm sitting that up against this, as it being successful i think that there's like there's obviously different markers for success like there's Definitely. the financial success of trading really high on a marketplace and then there's the success side of like actually like delivering and trying to build a like a brand of substance where there's something behind mm -hmm. the activity that you see on marketplaces right so we've always had multiple things running at any one time on just cool things that we see dead fellas um, wanting to do with interoperability with avatars digital identities with like creator economies like there's always been like a an overall plan for mm -hmm. dead fellas which i think a lot of our community um share a vision for Mm -hmm. right like there's multiple people within the dead fellas community that like i chat with on the regular and like there's just so many points that we always agree upon there's like kind of like an underlying just like respect for decentralized creativity and yeah. decentralized identities and like there's just like these running themes that we always try and defend yeah. um betty and i and i feel like dead fellas does as a as a uh, as a brand And that seems to run through like a lot of our community, like the things that we want to build and the things that we want to see in the space. Um, it seems like those that vision is also held by um, the the collectors that we see holding dead fellas and our other collections, yeah. um, which I think is essentially like a, a large marker for success in the NFT space um, when you have people that are holding and collecting um, your tokens for a reason. Definitely. That is, you know, built around them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so much about the the team and the the um yeah, how, how about the founders as well. I mean it's kind of in the vision of the project, in the communication, in the um way the brand is being perceived and seen and I think this is a huge driver to success, I guess, since it's Yeah, speaking to the to the people you're attracting, right? And yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that attracting people to to the brand that are, are people that are there that support your brand vision and support the the vision for the for the brand to grow and what those next steps are going to be is super important. Not just people that are there within the moment but people that um, are collecting and following your brand because they see um, where it is and where it's going to mm. um, that's that's a really powerful thing definitely and how do you think a project should go about finding the right brands to collaborate with and the right projects instead of just asking everyone um Yeah, that's a fine line. Um, so I would say that you can't build a project just on collaborations alone. So you definitely yeah. need to have something where you're building it up just based on its own merit. Um, collaborations can very quickly dilute the substance that you've got to your own brand voice. So you don't mm -hmm. want to just be collaborating with um, everyone and sure. anyone that you can get your hands on. A lot of the time, there's a lot of there's a lot of burnout in the NFT space. So I would say that in terms of brands, any brands that you've um, you know heard of essentially mm -hmm. have probably been pitched NFTs six thousand times already. Yeah. Um. So 
a lot of our, I guess, strategy with brand collaborations are we align with them with how they saw us as a company, how they saw, um, I guess, the NFT space and the Web3 space evolving, we aligned on. Um, and then also just like on ethical grounds and also brand vision and just the brands in general um, we aligned with as well. So like we had like a lot of boxes to tick with anyone that we wanted to um, collaborate with. Um, there's also like a kind of like a line in between collaborating with Web2 and Web3 brands. Yeah. Um, Web3 brands, um, we've always been supportive of and have tried to collaborate with as many Web3 brands as we can. Mm -hmm. um, Web2 brands, I would say, has been our most successful, um, have been our most successful ventures just because they're so well set up. Like a lot of the Web3 space is, is um, built um, sprinting. True. And I think that having the, the, rely, like, um, the reliable nature of Web2 brands that have been around for a long time um, in combination with i guess the um the the new nature of web3 and mm -hmm. like the dead fellas brand and you combine that with like a solidified um web2 brand it's just mm -hmm. been like a really powerful thing to bring those two things um together yeah. um web3 brands collaborating i think that um like while that's that's really cool um I do think that in a in a lot of cases it wears it wears out pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. it's nice to um, kind of venture into new grounds for your collaborations. Definitely, I mean many NFT projects we have seen that um, are counting on those collaborations because they um, believe that having many collabs and collabs with some known projects in the Web three space might spill over some success to you as well but what do you think about um yeah that is it like only the collab or what other things does a project need to tick off maybe from the checklist to be um, perceived and well known and and grow basically i think it's just having an actual vision for what you see yeah um the brand being so like the brand needs to have some kind of value to it really like what's yeah. the what's the staying power like what's the reason that people are going to show up every day and support the brand and see what's going on with the brand and yeah. like can someone look at the you know the plans that you've got and see like where it's going to be next year where it could be mm -hmm. in five years time um like is there time worth investing by yeah. getting to know you and getting to know that brand or are you going to be gone so it's just making all of that known making that as strong as accessible as possible so that people can you know fall in fall in love with what the vision is for the uh for the company or the product or mm -hmm. like whatever it is that's underpinning the like the brand that it that you're trying to launch essentially mm -hmm. All right, cool. And and um, coming back to Dead Fellas, you I've seen that you've launched the Infected Season One. It's looking pretty cool, and um, yeah, it's it's also was pretty difficult, I guess, to get one right because it's so limited and um, they were so rare. But um, yeah, I really love the work, and and um, yeah, the the response from the community I think was also very positive, and also introducing the shadow fella and and um how you're going to um yeah create one out of this maybe you can talk a little bit about that as well yeah yeah so season so s1 was season one so that was last year so the mm -hmm. ones that just launched was season two um which we call s2 um and yeah so that's the collaboration with all sorts of artists that i really respect in the space mm -hmm. um it is quite a low um token drop i think it's around 70 70 artist collab tokens and then 13 tokens with the the shadow fellas mm -hmm. um they're just intended as you know um 
being a celebratory mm -hmm. um, collaboration that we do yearly without, you know, extending the, the Dead Fellas ecosystem um, yeah. by any kind of large amount. Um, and they do just go out to 10K holders. Yeah. And there's a few other tokens that got dropped out to, um, you know, our other collections like Betty Pop and mm -hmm. Friends. Um, the Shadowfellas I'm super excited for because we had uh, some customs within S1 that we were doing and then minting mm -hmm. um, as part of the collection that um, as I was going through um, that, I came up with the idea for the for the Shadowfellas mm -hmm. because we were thinking, like, why take that opportunity and just um, take that away from the person that potentially ends up with that token mm -hmm. on the secondary market? Um, like, we can just keep them in the shadows, I guess you could say, <laughs> um, until someone decides that they do want to do a one-of-one because one, they were a collaborative process, the other um, one-of-ones within S1. Um, we don't have any one of ones within the, the actual 10k. So these yeah. have always been, you know, um, split off into the, the different collections of S1 and S2. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to collaborate. Um, we're going live with those being able to be redeemed from the, um, from the 13th of this month. Cool. And how was um, it? We already work? have a few collectors. Essentially, we're going to collaborate with the different, or I will personally be collaborating mm -hmm. with the, the different holders when they decide that they do want to, to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it will replace the, um, the Shadow Fella. Will they on say the, on, on what traits they want to have, or will you just, yeah, like how does it work to redeem the Shadow Fella and um, the custom? Oh, they, yeah. It's a, so it's a one on one session. Nice. And they do get to say what traits they want. Obviously, there's a little bit of creative back and forth. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, it's a creative process. And it's what I That's kind of saw um, myself wanting to do, kind yeah. of being able to collaborate with people personally. That's or something that I wanted to see. Yeah. And how many are there shadow fellas again? There's 13. 13 shadow fellas. Okay. That's... Um... That's pretty dope. And I saw, I think, one being listed. I'm not sure, but they must go for such a high price, right? I don't know if there were some sales. I think, yes, I'm just having a look. Um, if there was like a, yeah, I think there, um, there was like a sale for 5,000 um, and one, yeah, two for 5,000 dollars. They were sold for um, this amount, yeah, a shadow feller. So people are definitely interested in it because it's super rare. I mean, I didn't ex I didn't know that um, they get the chance to talk to you and and uh, be in a, such a collaborative um, back and forth to basically form their unique one on one. So it's pretty cool. I love the idea. Yeah, it's one thing that I've always loved. Well, I came into the NFT space as an artist for for quite a long time. I was just creating for the for the. Um, for the love of it, of my own mm -hmm. like personal illustration and things like that. And, um, you know, that, that feedback loop and I guess like even circling back to our conversation at the beginning of like the early days of, of dead fellas and creating the traits and, and things like that. Like, I, I don't think that grassroots like art focus is something that we ever want to truly, um, lose like elevating ourselves to a yeah. point where we're untouchable as creators yeah um at least like myself i, d I definitely don't want to end up there so <laughs> um i think that it's just going to be a really cool fun thing to do <laughs> it's kind of, it's like slightly terrifying at the same time because i i do hope that everyone's like vibing with uh <laughs> with what they want to to do and i don't get anything that's too dank but uh yeah yeah yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited to see them as well. And you said um, the process starts on the 13th? No. Yeah, we'll be taking them on from the 13th. Okay. okay we just okay, needed okay. a slight break after the S2 release. Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, and then maybe I would love to talk about the current market. And, and you said that initially with your project you had like an allow list you did everything manually and you from what i remember also sent out the dead feathers from the 
allow list um, mints personally like uh, one by one right and um basically yeah the system yeah. <laughs> yeah the system that we had set up at the beginning yeah yeah it was like on on an older on an older laptop um <laughs> yeah, and we were cool. just manually manually deploying each uh each yeah. token one by one i think that yeah. was about 1300 so it took a little while yeah, yeah you also um paid the gas right for for those yeah, we did pay the yeah we did pay the gas. I think we we minted for point zero two five at the mm -hmm. very start of Dead Fellas. Point zero two five, yeah, that's pretty um, pretty good price. And um, do you think like the current market and and the current needs of like NFT projects and the current needs of the market with allow list? Um, do you think we are gravitating somewhere else or? Do you see like anything that you would love to change or do you see any problems in, in this kinds of regards? I think that like there's always going to be problems. I think it just depends on if the project is handling everything authentically or mm -hmm. if they're um, just shifting it into being, um, I guess, like an, an engagement farm. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, which is which is hard right the mm. the whole allow listing um i guess meta True. for lack of a, of a better word um like it was very hard for even a, a, a project with the best intentions it was very hard for them to to get around that mm. in an authentic way because people kind of knew what was up and a lot of people were chasing the profits that Definitely. were tied to a lot of the allow lists yeah. so no matter if it, even if it was an authentic attempt at having people engage with the community because they liked the project or mm -hmm. they liked the idea people were mass flooding projects and jumping in there because they just wanted the allow list Definitely. for the trading purposes yeah, yeah so yeah and um they really registered at many and finally in the end they didn't buy the nft so this is also kind of like a discrepancy i guess because project founders think yeah i have like many registrations but in the end it doesn't mean they are getting this sale done you know so i think it's also um something yeah kind of like a discrepancy do, do you see this being um yeah going into another direction how would you how would you think about having the option to already make like a prepayment for a mint would it would you think would it um handle this project uh, pro problem of not minting out or what do you think about this um i think it just depends on on what the value of the project is and how they're going to actually deliver the value of mm. something if you were looking at something as being a prepayment yeah a prepayment is obviously like a promise for something to be um delivered so definitely um that's a that's a tricky one I, d I don't think that there's any one one solution fits all mm. for um for the problem of like allow listing or um minting out or anything yeah. anything like this um yeah. and i think that's why we see different mechanics go come and go in waves like yeah. someone will find something new that seems to be working and then everyone jumps on everyone rides that out and there's something newer emerges and then that starts running along and then it's like when you saw the free minting True. meta start yeah. to emerge and then everyone was jumping on the free mint yeah. um like zero royalties mm. um free mint and then you know some teams were keeping um like a treasury of supply as as a way for turning a profit for the yeah. for the company the underlying company to to be able to like trade his own nfts out to, yeah. to turn a profit and to continue to, to build out the product that they wanted to build. But, you know, there's just so many different ways for someone to structure it. And, it, you know, it was the nature of the space. Like, it's um, fast moving, it's evolving. Like, I don't think there's any, there's, like, right answers at any one time, yeah. right? So there's no, like, right answer that just fits always. Yeah, um, yeah. And at any one time, there's multiple answers. So um, I think it's just, like, just do the best that you can to have something that's fair, mm. um, that's authentic, 
and has value to it um and you know just you know try and react to the market at, at, at the time that you're releasing yeah and and what do you see with current projects um failing to do stuff to be successful do you do you think like they should be focusing on other stuff or I think that there's so many different things yeah. you can do to trip up. Like it's, it's the same, like you need to look at like a lot of these like projects as being startups. Right. And if you mm. look at the failure rate of startups, it's astronomical. Also so true, yeah. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong. Like the team, like when you look at the, um, the, the amount of projects that launched in say 21, where there were massive team breakups, where true. the devs, and the artists and so the team that are running the discord and like a lot of these teams came together just for a project that they yeah. didn't really know each other that well like all of them like maybe they're skilled professionals maybe they're not mm -hmm. maybe they're not but just on a just on a personal um connection level they all fell out just they couldn't get along well enough to to run the company together True. so like there's just so many factors to these these projects doing well mm -hmm. Um, so I think like you just need to try and get across all your bases, like yeah. treating your community with respect, like me, there's like, there's customer service in there, isn't there? So yeah, like, you need definitely. to make sure that you're treating people with the respect, you're hearing out their concerns, you're hearing out what they, what they want, what they, um, you know, think they want, what they actually do want, like what, like what's going on in in their heads like there's like there's a whole customer journey and, and things that are connected in with the the nft space so yeah i think that uh it's just a very complex <laughs> yeah, equation definitely there are so many different things going in there but what would you say was one of the biggest maybe also not only wins but what was like one of your um biggest fails and how Have you maybe made it a success? Is there something you want to talk about? Oof. Uh, personally <laughs> or within Dead Fellas? Mm, good question. Maybe, yeah. What comes you, into your mind? Can also be personal. Um, I'd love to hear it, yeah. Biggest fail. I think um, I stuck around in very toxic agency environments ah, for okay. I've, of a long time yeah. for probably too long so that's probably one of my my largest fails okay they ended up being a win because it gave me a very thick <laughs> skin but at the same time that's super toxic and mm. just putting up with workplace abuse isn't something that uh you know you should uh you know get used to so definitely that's probably my largest fail not uh getting out of that kind of environment quicker yeah true i mean also kind of for me to be honest because covid and and everything like not having the pressure from society from your friends from because everyone was basically focusing on their lives and not worrying or not like i i didn't really feel the need anymore to prove stuff to other one you know to someone else out there so yeah. i i really focused on what i want and this helped me also to navigate through my professional ca career and and to change direction basically and um how was it with you also with the time of um COVID and and that you said to yourself okay it's enough i don't want to be in the space anymore like I, i i don't feel attracted by by this um corporate and and want to do my own stuff or was it um, another factor It helped you get out. Mm -hmm. No, also. it's definitely a huge factor. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Exactly the same. Exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So just just basically just throw, throwing it in and being like, you know yeah. what? Like it's either chug along and just keep on this trajectory of burning yourself, yeah. um, running yourself into the ground True. for uh, for companies and, and whatever else or like yeah. just go all in for yourself. And that's, true. Uh, that's what we did. And it's worked out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think you just need to um, turn off the switch and, and, and basically start believing in yourself, right? Because it's, it's possible because you believe into yourself and know that you're capable of doing stuff on your own. And um, I think like 
people who 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 are wanting to get out from one position and do their own stuff they just need to realize that it's possible and and start working for them i mean yeah i think this is there's no really road to success that or like steps you need to do in order to be successful it all really depends and it, it definitely it's like a um, roller coaster of emotions it's like ups and downs but the earlier you start i think the or the more you fail the better um the closer you will get to maybe your next big thing and to your success right yeah exactly i think there's like there's basics to to being successful you know yeah, like yeah. don't actively self-sabotage yeah. and then act like you know you, sh you should have been given that break like yeah. get out you need to get out of your own way and then you know like those opportunities can be um like jumped upon yeah, yeah. right like um as, as coming up through like university and then you know in digital art for years and then also agencies and, and whatnot like everyone has their periods of where like if an opportunity had popped up they wouldn't have been in the right place to actually um jump on it so i think mm -hmm. that like just opening yourself up to being able to take on those opportunities and jump on them when when they arise like you know you, you've got to be there and you've got to be ready so like getting up in the morning like look after yourself like mm -hmm. um sleep and eat and you know like <laughs> it's it's easy to just kind of slip into that degen kind of lifestyle of um like drawing all day and you're drawing all night and mm. you just end up in uh like yes you're creating but you're in a rut so yeah. like you need to like find some routine look after yourself like get yourself in in a place where you know when opportunities arise you're there to take them rather than you know you see them and you just let, let them pass you by definitely i mean don't get or be stuck in in a bubble right i mean if you're let's say at home and and always doing your stuff it's it's hard to have like kind of like a measure of success maybe or like a, a measure of um yeah progress so um it, i think you were talking about this routine and and being ready and being able to see things coming up i guess it's important as well yeah i guess it's just it's just diversifying Diversity. like where it is that like you can you can see opportunities arising from yeah, um, yeah. Like you don't want to get too uh, like obsessive on on one any one thing, um, or like kind of half finish things and then jump to the next thing. Like I like I just know so many creatives and like I've always like had to actively batter myself on that as well. Mm -hmm. Like kind of starting something and then you don't really share it and like so many things that you do have creative merit, um, but then no one sees it and you just move to the next thing. Definitely, and it's like. Um, it's something that's exciting. Like I, I, like I love like picking something up and completely obsessing over it, and then learning like a whole new style of illustration, and then just like then never showing it to anyone, and then just moving to the next thing. But it's like those, it's those like unshown things that like can really flesh out like your journey as an artist. And um, I think that in every field, like it's like when people are first starting to learn new um, like coding languages and things like that. Like I think there's just always um, merit to, to sharing all of that. Mm -hmm. And then also, like I said before, like looking after yourself at the same time, like Definitely. actually have relationships with people that are also coders or artists like mm. talk to them like or like try and go to events or like step out of the regular circles that you're in or like just make opportunities for yourself that aren't going to have to like directly swim right by, by you <laughs> like someone emails you for an illustration job like like create create opportunities for yourself yeah Well, thank you so much, Psyche. Um, before we wrap things up, is there anything you want to um, yeah, tell tell us? Or um, hmm. I'm very excited for the next couple of months of Deadfellas. Um, <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, shifting into the States, got a new company structure, got a lot of things on the horizon that we've been building out um, for Deadfellas Utilities. Um, 
cool media stuff that I can't mention, but okay. there's sorts, all sorts of um, cool things. I'm always excited about Dead Fellas. I try not to talk about it <laughs> too much, so it doesn't seem like a, too much of a shell. But yeah. yeah, always always bullish on doing creative things with Dead Fellas. It's always a a great day waking up and working on dead fellas that's perfect yeah i love it too and and following you guys along um yeah i'm super excited as well especially with the big brands you've been collaborating especially also um you bring out new stuff you can really feel that it's going forward and um i also love the new slash um yeah newer hires that you made <clears throat> and also the Twitter spaces Betty and the team is hosting. Um, I really like the insights of um, how it is to work for dead fellas and how um, everyone is doing different things. So it's, it's also very interesting to get to know um, the diverse people of dead fellas and, and the team members. So it's, it's pretty interesting and pretty exciting to, to listen to the, um, different voices as well on the Twitter spaces and um, yeah I think there was also uh, I guess Betty mentioned that she wanted to do like a, a podcast but I, th I guess it more so um, went into the route of doing some Twitter spaces right mm -hmm. yeah well, there's definitely a, a Betty podcast on the horizon I think that anyone yeah. that listens to Betty on a on a Twitter spaces realizes how strong she is yeah. within that uh within that setting. I, I do host the spaces sometimes, yeah. but Betty's such a beast on the spaces <laughs> that um, yeah. I'm definitely like the intern. I'm the intern of spaces. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that's I think great. that those are always great. Um, yeah, the team, the team that we've got around us is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really speak highly enough of everyone that's joined the Dead Fellas team. They're an absolute pleasure to work with and they've excelled in every way definitely i mean yeah from i think i can remember from um, the coo and also the um i forgot her name but the project manager basi basically um who is also um who naturally navigated towards that fellas and um they told us that the work is like during the interviews i remember from the one space she said when when she was asked okay what what do you like doing or what's that you can bring to dead fellas um the interviewee couldn't answer because you know usually with interviews you kind of have the standard answers that you think the your partner would like to hear you know so you always kind of mm. don't tell them the truth, I guess, but more so what you think they want to hear. But yeah, in, in the Twitter space, I, I really could feel that it wasn't this case and you um, really like to bring people to, their, to the team with um, what they can, what they really vibe with, I guess, and what they um, are passionate about and what they um yeah also as a person i guess so it's um pretty nice yeah no definitely i think you're referring to staff who yeah yeah, from Steph. Netflix and, yeah, um, yeah Steph. yeah um she's fantastic fantastic in, in every way okay. actually so um <laughs> but i'll say the same thing about everyone that 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 joined us like we, i guess like we're a little bit greedy in that way we're like mm. we love hiring the uh the best people that we love so Okay, thank you so much, Psyche. It um, was brilliant talking to you and um, have a good day. Thanks, Yeni. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye.